When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. Welcome to the weekly roundtable. And so I have a really good friend on the uh, on the podcast today, but first things first, I've been absent a few weeks and I'm just going to say Jay Griggs, uh, 51 cash. And so just some um, respect to my friend who uh, is with the Lord. So starting with the uh, sad things first, but now we're going to transition to the fun stuff. So, Anchorman, who EH'd you? How long have you been doing F3? Um, so, I got dragged in by um, guys uh, here at the fort in Fort Mill, South Carolina in, uh, I guess it's been six, seven years. I, I lose track of, of, of all the stupid things we've done. So, um, two guys um, I went to church with said, hey, um, uh we got a bunch of guys together and do this workout on Saturday morning. Should you come? And I said, well, like, what do you do? It's like, oh, you know, push-ups, sit-ups. I was like, ah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of walk at the Y. I'm kind of good, you know? And uh, I don't know what happened. Finally, um, I, I decided to give it a shot. And I, sh- I showed up on a, on, a, uh, on a weekday, 5.15 in the morning, and the guys at EH me didn't come. So I'm with these guys in the dark going, what the hell is this? And um, my first cues were um, you and Cake Boss. And as I ran uh, Crazy Eights around a soccer field, I remember laying on the ground um, trying to catch my breath, and I said, Dear Lord, if you let me live through this, I'm never coming back. I was, that was my promise. I'm not coming back. And... Uh, <laughs> All these years later, here I am still going out four or five days a week. But, um, you know, it, it changed my life. So, so um, I really am thankful that those guys um, brought it up to me. And, um, and it's been an insanely bl- a good blessing for me to be part of it. Absolutely. So, and you've made, uh, you made the group in the port a much better place. So are we going to give anybody credit um, we're going to Pusher give everybody the shout out. Pusher, Pusher and package, and package, and package were the two guys that, that eh me, and then you know you and and Cake Boss were guys that um, that led my first workout, and you know I, I was um, as I say I've been I proudly covered the six for um, seven years now I think uh, here in the fort. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not a fast runner, but I uh, I'm an encouraging guy. Um, uh, I, I definitely get a lot out of. Um, you know, uh, I've done some stupid things. I mean, I, I really, uh, things I never thought I would do because of F3 it, physically, I, you know, I did the, 
the, that mud run, the marine mud run, um, yeah. uh, several years ago, di- got dysentery because of that. I, I did get dysentery. That was that was pretty ex- excellent. <laughs> um, don't drink the cow water, in case you're wondering. Exactly. Um, um, you know, I, I ran my first half marathon in 18, um, which I never thought I'd be able to do. Um, and um, I did my first uh, relay. Shout out to the guys that do um, the Dan to Dan relay. Um, which is a fantastic event here in, in South Carolina. It's a, a 60 mile um, relay, and uh, it was my first experience with that uh, back in February this year. Um, it was uh, I hated every minute of it, but I signed up again. Who knew? So um, that's F3 for you. Yeah, outstanding. And I, uh, I I'm just gonna I'm gonna I know you won't brag on yourself, so I'm just gonna because um, t- today's topic is today's topic is funny because we're going to talk about work. But here's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to brag on your work, um, because I know guys are going to kind of recognize your voice. Um, So you are actually the first guest on the roundtable that's ever won an Emmy. And so uh, you're an (laughs) award-winning... And I I guess I should always say you're an award-winning voice actor, right? Or a voice... uh, Yeah, that's the right word. That's the right word, I guess. Yeah, voice actor. And so... um, Guys across the country are going to hear your voice and say, oh, he's on our news channel or on our radio show or whatever. And I guess uh, yeah. you and I were kind of talking. Uh, I know you do work with on the Buck Sexton show, but, um, you know, so if, if his voice sounds familiar, it's probably because you've heard it before. And I know the, the guys in the Charlotte area are going to recognize his voice um, yep. just as we have this conversation. And so just a shout-out because, if his voice does sound familiar to you, because the first time um, uh, Cake Boss and I heard it, and we were queuing that day, and we tried to break your spirit, which I, I'm glad to hear we did. Um, you know, as soon as you started, as soon as you started talking, I was like, oh. And I, uh, you know, I I've lived across all over the country, but to me, you sounded like the guy who used to promote the racetracks, and so it just your voice had such a a tone to it, especially when you're in person. I was just like. Um, and hence the name Anchorman. So we'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Yeah, we, the, 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 there, the, that uh, guy right there. Yeah, yeah that guy. So. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I've, <laughs> I've done my I've done my fair share of uh, of, of of radio commercials and, and car commercials and all kinds of things. You know, I I, I hate to, you know, and obviously you have to, to to introduce me as as you know, kind of what I do. I, I do that, and I. I own an apparel company, and then I do some um, some coaching as well. And um, it, it's funny, I, I I've made myself change how I ask people uh, when I meet them for the first time. I, I've tried. My goal is never to say, because I think the the way we've always done it is, "Hi, I'm Andy," and you say, "Hi, I'm David." I'll be like, "Hey, David, what do you do for a living?" And that's the way we we, we identify ourselves. And I've tried to change the question so I don't ask that question because I don't like being asked that question always because I don't want that to define me. Absolutely, and that's going to transition right into today's topic, which is the way I just did this. The way I just did his intro, he's more than a man than what he's accomplished at work. And so today's topic is all about this kind of. We're just going to have a conversation on, um, as a man, and you stand here, or you're sitting in your car listening to this, or you're sitting at your office. You are more of a man than is defined by what it shows on your W two or on your 1099 or whatever kind of mm-hmm. work you do. You know, if, if you're a preacher and you've got a, 
you know, a church with a thousand people in it, it, that does not define you as a man. What defines you is what we're going to talk about. And so I guess maybe, um, you know, this is something uh, Anchorman and I have talked about the last few years. Just, you know, my career's kind of went crazy the last four or five years. And I, um, I, I guess you and I, because you, you're kind of, as you started the entrepreneur life, uh, you were kind of dealing with some of the same stuff. So why don't we do like a little bit of a, a table set where you can kind of tell the guys how this, how this became such a passion for you. Because I, you're right. The first thing I always ask everybody is, where do you work? How long have you been doing it? Are you good at it? All those kinds of things. And we're, yep. we're more than that. So kind of, why don't you do a little bit of a table setting for the uh, listeners? Yeah, you know, one of the things, real quick, is, is one of the questions I like to ask people is, as silly as it sounds, but um, is, you know, hey, David, great to meet you. Tell me something interesting about you. And, um, and I think that, that you immediately are kind of going, uh, uh, but you're going to come up with an interesting story about something, right? And there may be a – I've tried to think of different questions to ask when I meet people, and I think that um, the, only because I've, I've decided not to define myself by – what I do. Um, uh, shout out to assassin um, here. He, uh, we laugh about um, people that on their Twitter profile will put, you know, uh, and I'm sorry if this, uh, well, it, it may offend some people, but you know, uh, uh, father, believer, disruptor, that's their de- definition of, of themselves. And I guess we're all a lot of different things. Um, my um, background is, um, so I worked in radio uh, for the first, I guess, 15, years of my, you know, after college. So my goal, when you work in, in, in media, the goal is to, most people's goal is to move to a, a, a major market, a big city, a top 10 city and work. And so um, I worked and I met my goal at 28. I was working in Atlanta and I was, um, you know, uh, I went from that to being a, a corporate head of production for, for a company and I was based in Atlanta and I was miserable and um, my, uh, I had my eyes open in terms of entrepreneurship there in Atlanta, seeing some people that were um, and how they worked and seeing opportunities kind of all around me uh, for different things. So what I did um, when I wasn't happy with my work, I realized that I needed to do something else. And, and what hit me one day um, was I, I, I had a, had an epiphany moment in, in my career there. It was Christmas Eve, um, of 2003 and somebody brought some work into me as the office was closing and said, you got to do this. Now, um, I was the last person in the building besides him. And he said, you got to do this. It's, it's gotta be on, on and, and done. Um, and I said, I'm, I'm not staying I'm Everybody else is gone. And uh, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll stay here uh, and do it if you stay here with me. And he said, no, that's your job. And he dropped on my desk and left. And I said, got it. So I went home and, and Beth and I, um, my wife, uh, my M said, you know, I said, I'm done. And so we made a plan and um, went out on our own um, a year later. We made a plan to pay off stuff. And we just, I guess I reached that point, the breaking point. Um, <clears throat> where I, I wanted to work for myself. So in 2005, I left from, uh, to work for myself. I moved to Charlotte. Um, just we picked a city that was still a decent-sized city and just to get out of Atlanta. Um, nothing wrong with Atlanta. It's a lot of traffic. The guys in Atlanta love that place. Um, 
but um, it, it, it wore us out, driving there wore us out. So we moved to Charlotte and um, found ourselves here working for myself. And when you start kind of crafting um, a career out of, of your own, um, I certainly knew the business I was willing into, but I didn't. Um, you have to foster a lot of relationships, which is great. Um, and I was fortunate over time to have a lot of people use me. Um, it, I've spent money advertising, but most of my work comes from word of mouth. Um, and, and that's a, that's been a, a good way to build a business. At least that's the most successful way I've figured out how to do it. And, um, so I was playing all the games and going to conferences and, you know, kissing the right butts and all that kind of stuff and trying to move up and do this and other thing. And I became fairly well established, but at some point I just got tired of the game and I, you reach a fork in the road where, you know, you've got to, if you want to move to that next level up, you've got to be nice to this guy and do this and go to this thing and do the conference and, and be seen here and work with this person and do that. And um, I just, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I just didn't want to do that. And so at at the fork in the road where that, where I came to that, um, everybody went one way and I went the other and said, I'm going to be successful despite um, not playing the game in, in, in that manner. And, um, and so I kind of ran contrary to what everybody was doing. And yet I was still doing fairly well. Now, in terms of in my field, a lot of people have agents in New York or LA or Chicago and all that sort of stuff. And I've stayed independent. And um, a lot of people, you know, have to do this or that. And, and, and I just, I saw as I went as that fork happened you know it wasn't it wasn't a fork that was running parallel they really went opposite directions um almost and um i realized that the path they were on was not for me at all i didn't i didn't want to play the game and i was gonna and as i said i was going to do well despite that sort of thinking and and i almost became um not angry at them but i couldn't understand why they wanted to do that and then um facebook came along right and you start seeing facebook feeds and um i think probably most if if you're on facebook um you end up you know you've you've got a diversity of people that are that are in your feed um on a regular basis and and most of my connections were people in in my industry and i um i realized that i was watching things and it turned into just a brag board like this is who i'm working with this is what i'm doing this is what i'm doing you know i won this award i've done that i'm i'm working with this client this station uh, this tv station or this radio station and and people's lives they didn't post pictures of kids or anything outside of their work it was just like work and i'm going man this is i don't i don't get like i what am i missing here am i is this what like life is for everybody and then when I joined F3 and I started, because really my entire existence in people I was connected to were people in my industry. And I, real, I was still one of those people, even though I wasn't playing the game so much. But um, when I started kind of diversifying outside of my field, I was like, man, the guys I work with, that, there are guys I work out with that don't work in radio. Like, they've, uh, uh, that dude's a banker. And I, I, yeah, I didn't know he was a banker. He doesn't talk about his work. And, and this guy works for Kellogg's and he doesn't talk about his work and this guy. To, and so, wh- you know, what, what are they doing? Like work doesn't define them. So what maybe that, that, that divergence I did was really, was, was so smart uh, in retrospect for me um, to realize that work wasn't the defining factor um, for me at, at, at that point. I don't know. There wasn't a, I wish I could remember what that point was for me when I decided to, 
diverge like that. But as I've thought about it more, I don't like being defined by my work. I don't want somebody to introduce me as, as and you did, which is fine. But like that, entrepreneur is fine because I own a couple of different things. But like, I don't want to be defined by that particular role of what, what I do because I'm a dad. I am a believer. Um, uh, am I a disruptor? I don't, I don't know if I'm a disruptor, but um, I do have so much more to give than just being an employee. Yeah, and uh, that was a beautiful. That was, that was a beautiful. You did an outstanding job. So a couple things, um, just as we're talking. First thing is uh, when we're a sad clown, we join F3, and we don't even really, I, you know, sad clown is still a term that I know a lot of guys haven't embraced. But um, because basically guys show up, and just because they don't work, just because they don't work out with us doesn't make them a sad clown. I get that, but. Um, the scenario you kind of describe is great career, great wife, great, uh, great kids. Everything is where you want it and still not satisfied. I hope as guys are listening to this um, and it hits most guys in their 40s, um, it's okay if you hit that pinnacle. You just did it younger than everybody else. Um, you know, you hit that pinnacle, and then you realize maybe this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. It is okay to make a change. And so I, I hope, as you're hearing Anchorman's story today, uh, don't feel like you're stuck in anything. Um, there's a lot of other jobs out there. The game that he's yeah. talking about, I'll just, I'll just do the logistics one. That's, it's easy for me because I've, I've been in logistics most of my career uh, once I got on the Marines. So it's, I, need to, I need to be... Uh, you know, a DC manager, and then I need to be a, a medium DC, and then a large DC, and then an extra large, and then I need to be a director over multiple DCs. Everybody's playing the same game, and it's okay. Um, the first, you know, the I, I want to make sure all the the potfaxers hear this. It's okay for you to say, I'm gonna. This is my career, and and embrace it, and be really good at it. It's okay to do that, and I think as a society, we don't. Tell her, tell anybody they're allowed to do that. I'll hand it back to you. No, I mean that that's you know, and I've been going through a um, through a career transition, you know, and and guys like you know, I need um, you know what what F three has really done. I mean, the first F is is, is great, um, you know, and the third F has been fantastic, but the the second F, and if if you're not um, in in a relationship with somebody in in F three, that's um, a mentor, um, you know, or, or a shield lock or, or whatever. Um, I think you're missing out on one of the biggest benefits of, of what we, um, what we do. Um, you know, I think that there's a, there is a, a fallacy that, um, being vulnerable is a weakness and being vulnerable is a strength. Okay. There's opening up and being honestly open in a conversation with another man is not a societal norm. Okay. We are we are taught that we're hold, we should hold all this stuff in, and that um, we should just grind through it, and it's wrong. It's wrong. You have to have somebody to share with that you can have a conversation with and be open and honest with, and say, "I am struggling. I need help," because we all need help. Like there's a stigma that like we can all do it on our own. We can't. You know, you you can, you can set goals for yourself, but until you actually speak out. Um, to an accountability partner, you know, who's going to hold you accountable? Yourself? I mean, to a point, I guess, but in the end, I don't like it. And you can't 
get through pro I couldn't get through where I I can't get to where I am if I hadn't gone through what I did and have people like uh Double D and and Pusher and Shady and um you know uh Barry Mandel and the guys that are here that are guys that are my regular guys that I talk to Maximus guys that I talk to Zima these guys that I have these conversations with that that really pour that that listen to me and pour back at me and 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 really make a difference in my life and if you don't have that I would strongly encourage you figuring out somebody whether it's a running partner whether it's you know grabbing coffee or whatever that has been a biggest difference maker for me and I changing careers is hard I've done well in what I do I don't love it anymore. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm almost respectable. I'm 49. I just turned 49. And um, I put in, you know, whatever, 29 years um, of, of work in a career that I don't really love. And so i um, trying to st- – and I stepped out on my own, um, you know, in 2015 years ago. I stepped out on my own to work for myself. So I've done it before. But doing it again, there's no less anxiety than there was last time. And so I always want to have some element of what I do. I always want to do some little voiceover work here and there. But like my main job, my main thing I do every day, I want to do something else. And it's hard. It's hard. And I, it's because I've defined myself, or I guess I've been defined by my work for so long that it, it's hard to put in a lot of what I've written about and, and like my blog site and, and all this kind of stuff is really self um, it's, just, it's really me working through my own problems, right? And so I try to share as I've worked through things, and maybe I've figured out that Rubik's Cube a little bit where I've gotten a couple things together, and I want to share how I got through it so maybe somebody else behind me can follow and go, ah, okay, I got it. Um, there's a book I'm reading right now called Mastering Fear by Brandon Webb. He's a former Navy SEAL, and it's funny to read about fear, um, and that's what people's biggest <clears throat> you know, thing is, you, you know, er- Fear is, um, there's another author named Seth Godin, he's a marketer, and he talks about dancing with fear. Um, you know, Brandon talks about mastering fear, and I think the thing is, is um, I think people try to suppress fear, and you can't suppress it. I mean, it's all in our head, right? You can't see fear. I mean, it's, it's a, an awareness of danger. Fear is an awareness of danger. And, and you have to, like, recognize that it's there, see it, kind of, and recognize and say, I see you. I, you're right there, but I'm going to do this despite you being here and that's that's where that courage to get past the fear is right you have to recognize that you do have everybody's afraid of something um you know uh and and you have to um work past that so moving past um the fear and moving to the next point i think i had to disconnect myself from identifying myself as a voice actor or radio person or whatever i have to disconnect from that so I can move to the next point of what I want to do. Um, and I think that's probably just how I've done. I've uncoupled myself to be able to be open to something new. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in there. A couple things that you said that I, <laughs> excuse me, that are, I just think really define F3. The first one is where this alpha male, everybody's in a tight black t-shirt kind of group, right? Uh, but basically, we are teaching each other how to be better men. Um, you know, the, just the kind of name. You know, the the. You know, I think I think a, a guy like Barry Manilow, who's a, an executive, but when you you run with him or whatever, he uh, is basically life coaching you whenever you work out with a guy. You know, he is very quiet, but very 
um, very caring about how you're, you know, how you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think about somebody like that. F3 is just such an odd place that we can, um, you know, basically you're getting better because all these guys are, are making you better. So my challenge to all the podpackers are, is if, if you've got all this figured out, share it with the guys around you because very few of us have it figured out and we're trying to get better. There's, you know, I, I'm using the Barry Manilow example of a guy who, I mean, looks like he's got it figured out and he's willing to listen to you, coach you, make you better. That's part of this relationship that we only get at F3. You're not going to find those anywhere else. I'm definitely not, you're not going to find it at CrossFit or some other place where we're posting our times up on the board. F3 is just such a different location where um, if you're not in a, you know, shield lock, if you're not, in, you know, if you don't have a whetstone partner or you're not partnering with somebody that maybe you're the, you're the stone and somebody else is the blade, I um, mean, you're mentoring a younger man, um, just get involved with that because I, I still think, to your point, we're all trying to figure something out. I mean, I love this part about the, the we're more than our careers because we really are. I mean, I... You know, I, I'm going to hand it back to you and say, I know you're more than a voice actor and you're more than an entrepreneur. You're more than that. Um, but I love that you figured it out with this group of guys. And I, I hope that the podpacksters understand that every single AO, every single region has guys that are trying to figure this out right now. So I'll hand it back to you. No, I, I just think that there's so many, you know, uh, there are some guys that are more open than others, right? I mean, there, there are guys here that, um, that it takes a while to, to even admit that they've got, you know, in the COT at the end, that they've got a prayer that they, you know, they, we go around with prayers and, and they may, um, they may just be like, yeah, my mom, you know, like, and that's all you get, you know, my mom or my wife, that's it, you know, something going on, but they don't really share more than that. Um, one of the things that you've done that you did when you were here, um, C-SPAN and and I'm sure guys in the re in all over the country don't know this or don't do this, but um, one thing that 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 David was really good with um, that when the COT at the end is not um, if you're not talking about a 25 or 30 guy um, workout um, is going around the circle during COT and you make each individual guy um, give a prayer of praise and um, you just go around the circle and it forces people to to kind of to say something, right? They, they have to, and even if they say something as simple as my kids, that's kind of a, you know, that's an easy one to say. Anybody can say it or my wife or whatever. But, you know, once somebody starts kind of breaking open a little bit, because you may say, you, you may be kind of, I don't want to say cobble, but you may make it easy and say, oh, my wife and kids. Okay. But the guy next to you might say, you know, um, my, my, my dad has cancer and, and I haven't really talked about it very much, but, um, you know, I, I'd like to lift him up. You know what? That's a breakthrough for that guy. And the next time it comes around to you and you do that again, you might be more willing to say, yeah, you know, um, I I'm struggling at work. You know, it, you're really just trying to break things open so people are a little more open. Openness, getting the things that are bothering you out into the sunlight is, the heat, is, is where you're going to fix stuff. You can't fix stuff in your own head. You can't, be, you can't fix stuff if you're not being honest with yourself and, and, and sharing with others. And and, you know, the, the conversations I've had with, with Double D here, um, I think both me pouring into him and him pouring into me um, have made us far better men than we were um, pre-F3. And um, that's only because we're willing to, to, to say stuff that's hard, um, to, to say, like, man, I, you know, it, it, it would be, 
and it's funny, I, you know, once you, once you kind of do that stuff, if you step out of F3, I step out of my group here and I'll go somewhere and I'll say something, say in a, in a, in a church group I'm involved with, uh, I'm involved in a, in a Bible study with a bunch of um, older guys. <clears throat> and, uh, and when I say that, I'm talking like, you know, like 70 year old guys, um, not your age, C-SPAN, but yeah, I mean, old, old guys. And, thank you. And, and Appreciate uh, that. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and so, I'll, I'll open up about certain things and they give me a look and I realize, Oh wait, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the safe space of the guys that, that, that are, um, but I, I, I'm not embarrassed by sharing because I think once again, by sharing people realize that there's no stigma to it. If, if you were out there, wherever you are in the nation that, you know, if you don't like your job, that's okay. And if you like want to look at, at, at your job and say, you know, I went to school as this, I'll be honest, like, it's not for me anymore. I mean, it was 20 years ago. The 20 year, you know, the guy that was 25 was all gung ho about that. But the 35 or 40 year old me isn't gung ho about that anymore. And to be honest, I'd rather build stuff or I'd rather own an ice cream store or I'd rather whatever that is. That's okay. And I think that, like, stepping back from defining who you are by what you do allows you to really so i equate it to um i equate work uh, i love the mountains right so you know um david knows i i we love vermont my wife and i and my kids we, we go to a place in vermont um every, every summer and I, I love vermont and um i'm fortunate enough to live in the, close to the north carolina mountains here i love the mountains i love the cool air i like being outside i love um taking hikes with the kids um but i i, I really equate it to um uh like work for me um is like gathering wood for the fire to make s'mores, right? So um, it's the 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 the, um, the wood is the work to make the fire that makes life worth living. The fire is my life, right? But like it just fe- it's not the, the, my work isn't the fire itself. It's the wood that that fuels everything else. And I think that shift for me has allowed me to open up to do a lot of different things um, and, and approach life in a, in a different way. Yeah, and I, uh, I can tell we could we could go on about this one, and I and I hope the pod packers understand part of what the discussion that you and I just had. Um, I wouldn't have been having, I wouldn't have been comfortable having with anybody telling them, hey, you know, six seven years ago, I wouldn't have been comfortable telling anybody I don't really like my job, right? That isn't what you do in in the crazy world. You tell everybody you love it, and you go seven days a week, right? Um, I, I just appreciate you're willing to start this conversation. And I know uh, there's probably a lot of guys who are going to hear this and go, um, I, I'm, after the passing of both of and I, uh, Anchorman and I were good friends uh, with Cash, this is kind of the follow-up discussion. You're, don't spend your life doing something that makes you miserable. It's okay to make a change. It's okay to be dissatisfied and, and have a strategy and say, I don't want to do this anymore and I'm going to make a plan so I can go be one of these because I find great joy in being a barbecue guy or whatever it is that yeah, but what's your uh, legacy? Makes you happy. I mean, but yeah. what's your legacy, right? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, in, in the end, this is about legacy. And, and you know, if, if you're doing QSource, um, if you've read through the book or whatever, um, or, or you're doing it in, in your local region, you know, um, the fourth quadrant legacy. Like, what do you – so there's that book, you know, in, in, in the end on our, on, our, on our headstone, right, we're going to have a birth date and an de- end date, and, and there's that dash in the middle. And, and that dash in the middle is our life. But, but when you leave, you know, when I was at Cash's funeral last week, 
we weren't talking about what a great guy was working with UPS, right? He was a logistics guy, right? Shipping guy. <laughs> he, yep. His legacy isn't, isn't, um, isn't that. And legacy, not from, the, not from a financial perspective, not from, but what are you leaving behind for your kids to tell their kids about you? Right? What are, what are your kids, if you're not here anymore, what are your kids going to tell their kids about you? And when your kids are grandparents and, and those grandkids say, what were your mom? they're going to look at pictures and see you as a kid and go, what were your mom and dad like? What are they going to say? Right? And is it somebody that was miserable on a job or, or, or was, was work-focused or anything else? Or was it somebody that, that really brought joy and teaching and, and a lot of other things to the table as, as a like what, what, and, and what do you bring into your community? What, do you, what skills do you have that can really enhance where you are in life? And, and that's really the key. And it, it's not work. Work's just the fuel for everything else. And this is where I give you a loud amen. <laughs> Brother, I, 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 I love talking to you. I, uh, I know we probably have struck a nerve with a few guys. Would you be willing to sh- share your Twitter handle? Um, because I know there's probably guys who are going to reach out to you. And, you know, when we talk about legacy and we talk about making a difference, um, it just it sounds like uh, for, you know, you, you were very successful in your career and, um, and now it sounds like you've made this transition. Um, at least to, uh, from the outside looking in, it looks like you've made it successfully. So could you uh, – are you willing to share either an email or a Twitter handle or something? Yeah. Yeah. J- just so we're all clear, Anchorman does not have it all figured out, but I'm working on it. How's that? So n- nobody does. That's, a, that's an Instagram fallacy, right, that we all want to have it all figured out. But I, I, I love having conversations with people if, if they want to. So I'm, I'm at Long Train on Twitter, L-O-N-G-T-R-A-I-N. That's my audio production company. Um, uh, you can um, get my, I think I've got an email on there. You feel free to DM me or, or, or whatever. Um, you know, I've got some writing. Um, you know, some of the blogs I've done talking about this stuff is on my coaching site, which is uh, 95partners.com. It's spelled out N-I-N-E-F-I-V-E partners.com. So there's some blog things there. And, um, you know, happy to have discussions. If somebody wants to, um, you know, uh, have, a, have a conversation about how to have conversations, um, within um, groups and, and get things going. I'm willing to have those or whatever. Um, and I'm also willing to uh, narrate all your F3 videos. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to narrate every, every, every F3 video. But maybe, maybe like, Brett will know who I am now, and I can, like, you know, do the, uh, the 10th anniversary thing or something. You know, I've I got to figure out I'm going to go to that in, in Wilmington. I know the Cape Fear guys are planning a big party over there for that. Well, and, you know, I know those guys, and they probably uh, – I'll pass on your information to them because they probably – you know, everybody needs a good voiceover guy. Yeah, that, that, that's Let's a total go. necessity in everybody's life is that, is that you, need, you, need a, you need a roofer, a plumber, electrician, and then a voiceover guy. Those, that, those are the keys to, to happy life. Keys to happy life. I was, See, you know, and, I, and we've, taken it, we've taken it full circle. Now we, uh, we went from giving you accolades in the beginning – to uh, to making fun of your career, come on now. So you know what? It, it, I, uh, it's not that serious, man. I, I'm 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 fortunate to have friends like you. Um, I, I am I am a far better man because of men like you and, and the other men that are in um, F3. Um, there is no doubt that this group has totally 
changed my life. The guy that, um, that existed 10 years ago wouldn't recognize the guy now. Um, not, you know, uh, mentally, you know, just a very different. And, and that's so much of that yeah. is, is through guys like you um, that, that have really been an important integral part of my life. Yeah, and I'm just going to give you one more amen on that. Brother, you made a big difference in my life. Hopefully the Podpaxers uh, got something today as we discuss this legacy thing because I think, um, you know, coming off of uh, coming off uh, Cash's funeral, I just I felt like this was such a um, – just a really good way to, um, you know, kind of, kind of put an exclamation on a guy's life who was really – who left a legacy. Uh, you could tell yeah. – um, Everybody talked about him the way the way people spoke about him. He was more than just a guy who was doing logistics. He was he was really a good man. So, hi, Anchorman, Anchorman. It's always good to talk to you, brother. And so I'm a uh, air knuckle bump you from uh, a long way away. But uh, for everybody else, I'll uh, talk to you next week. See you.